and, and welcome to Illumination Bureau, a podcast where we will enlighten you of all the hidden stuff you don't know about careers in creative. This is Katherine Lang Klein and Kristen Harris, and we will be your hosts. We are the co-creators of Portfolio Creative, a company that connects creative people in the marketing and advertising space. We've been doing this work since 2005 and have learned a lot of things that we want to share with you. We have so much to tell you, so let's get started. So Katherine. Yes. Do you always feel like you've been paid what you're worth? Um, it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> Some days are harder than others, and I'm like, you know, I'm not getting paid enough. Uh, but seriously, there there have been different jobs that, that I definitely felt like I was being paid what I was worth, and others that definitely not. Yeah, and is that a lot more about what the job demanded for what you were paid versus actual hard dollars? I think a lot of it, you know, sometimes there's this extra baggage that comes along with some jobs, you know, some, some things that you didn't anticipate. Maybe you're dealing with a difficult personality. Maybe the, the circumstances are different once you get in there in some way. Um, but yeah, it, it varies. And I've also done work as a salaried employee versus a freelancer versus, you know, whatever I was, whatever was needed of me. Um, so yeah, in, in different circumstances, you like to try and stick around the same rate, but that's not always the case in, mm -hmm. in some instances. Yeah. And sometimes the work is more demanding. You feel like you'll get paid more. Right, right, yeah. right. Or I you, like I said, it, it, it's, it's just a myriad of different ways, but I know there are some ways too that, um, you, you have to look at it when you're doing a job, you know, what, makes sense logically as far as what you're being paid and are, is it what you're worth. Yeah. And like you said, there's some factors too, like how demanding it is, who you're working with. I just read a statistic and not sure the exact number, but something like 60% of people would take lower pay to work somewhere where they really feel you know connected to the mission mm -hmm, and feel like mm -hmm. the work they're doing is important. So yeah, it's rewarding in different ways. Yeah. What you're worth might be more about like Am I being compensated appropriately for this job I'm doing? Exactly. Versus that job, which is different. Exactly. <laughs> and this also can be viewed in different ways, too, because I remember um, doing the math sometimes when I was a salaried employee and then um, figuring out what some of the freelancers are making. And then that's just kind of a losing game because that's two different ways of being paid. And you have to kind of look at it as, you know, when you kind of break it down, it is kind of the similar compensation in a lot of ways. And um, in some yeah. cases, if you're, running a freelance business, for example. I mean, it, it's a business and you, you should be charging more because you are taking more of the financial burden on your own. Yeah, totally agree. I think I did that math once too. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, you shouldn't do that math because you're right. There's, there's other things that come with it. It's not just, here's my hourly rate. I mean, you're getting paid that hourly rate for a consistent amount every single week, no matter what. You get paid when you're on vacation. You get benefits. Mm -hmm. Like there are more things that come with that full-time salary. You can't just say yeah. my hourly versus, you know, a freelancer's hourly. Like you said, when they're freelancing, they are taking on all the risks. Right. When you right. don't work, you don't get paid. Yeah. You have to, you know, be on their pay schedule. You know, it's sometimes you're not just, they might've lost your invoice, but sometimes people don't pay like for 36 or 90 days and you're considered a business. So you got to make sure that, you know, that's not only covered, but you're also covering um, your portion of the payroll taxes. You're having to find your own health insurance. Um, there's no 401k. So you're going to have to do some sort of investing as well, plus just saving for taxes in general. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of that money that you get isn't always yours. About 40% of that is going right to the government. So if you do the math that way too, it starts getting a little more even with a salaried employee. Yeah. And that, I think that's a really good thing to consider. You know, if you're thinking about going out on your own, knowing what all those expenses are mm -hmm. so that you're 
accounting for them, it's fine, but just make sure you know what it's going to really cost you. You may need insurance. You may need to market yourself, you know, all kinds of different things. You're buying your own equipment, your own paper, you know, it it is an an office environment and all those things need to be covered. Whereas if you're a salaried employee, everything is included. You just show up and you have a computer (laughs) and there's a printer. Check just shows up in your, in your account every week or every two weeks. And it's, it's, pretty easy in that regard Mm -hmm. so when you're thinking you might be making less you know you're working next to a freelancer or contractor that's making what feels like twice as much as you um just start doing the math on what you're getting i mean does your 401k have a match you know do you have really good health insurance and is your whole family covered too because you know that would be an extra expense um you don't have to pay for any office expenses coffee might be free i don't know (laughs) um but yeah you have to factor all of those things in when um you're trying to figure out what your time is worth too and also, too, we have seen people who have gone from that salary position to the freelance position, and they say, well, according to my paycheck, this is what I made an hour, and, you know, technically, you made a lot more than that, so you have to also compensate for that, too, if you're going to be switching to an hourly or, or freelance or contractor arrangement. Yeah, I always think about um, 30% more mm-hmm. is somewhere in the range. It just depends on, obviously, the cost of the benefits and stuff, but when you add up, like, paid time off that's being covered, holidays, you know, healthcare benefits, maybe a 401k match, all that kind of stuff. It's about th- 25 to 3% on top of your salary total mm-hmm. is really your compensation. So looking at that full picture too. Right, right. And you can't be afraid to ask for that either. Um, I think a lot of people get a little squeamish if they're walking in and saying, you know what, I my hourly rate is 50 an hour, 65 an hour, a hundred dollars an hour. But truly if that's where your talent level is and um, that's what it's going to cost basically to, to keep your business open, you have to really kind of embrace that and, and understand what they're getting for that money too. Because sometimes, you know, that makes, gives people anxiety when they think, do the math on that, you know, saying, you know, we're going to be doing 20 hours of work. So that's, you know, $2,000. And it's like, well, here's what you're going to get for $2,000. And here's what it would cost if you went, um, and got it, you know, at an agency or something like that, or something comparable. Or if you hired someone, that the cost would obviously be way, way more than that. Um, so yeah, really kind of stick to your guns as far as what you think you're worth. Yeah, and especially I think that's a great point if you're freelancing or, or doing a contract, you know, a project that has kind of a set parameters and end. Maybe presenting it more as like the total cost for that project, mm-hmm. because like you said, yes, this project may cost. in total, but if you go hire a graphic designer to add to your team over a year, you're going to pay them, you know, 10 times that, of course. So, and they'll keep doing more work, Mm -hmm, obviously. mm -hmm. But like, what do you really need? If all you really need is this project done, just pay the $5,000 for the project. You don't need to hire someone forever to do this project. Yeah. And if that's their budget, you can stick with it. You can work at that. You can, you know, um, give up something that's worth $5,000, for example, based on how much, how many hours you put in. But I often would, uh, would bid things out per project just because it was just easier. You know, it was on me to get it done for them to like it. I might tack on additional costs if they had changes, like, you know, you get two rounds of revisions and it's going to maybe cost you a thousand bucks each time you do that, or maybe 500. Um, but just really fi- figure out, you know, what it is that also sounds fair to them as well. But again, just make sure that you're well compensated. Yeah. And you know, some of that, like, you know, kind of staying on this freelancer um, sort of independent business topic, some of that can be maybe based on what you were making. Because obviously, like, mm-hmm. you have a certain level you of expenses. Somewhere. Yeah. You decide to go off on your own. You have to still, you know, pay your rent or your house payment, your car, whatever it, you know, costs you to live. So you may start basing on that and sort of 
do some kind of math on your salary, what you made before, and kind of right. find an hourly rate. But um, increase it by that thirty percent or forty yeah. percent, and just see how that feels. Like, right. what, am I worth that? Yeah, yeah, I do think I am. Exactly. <laughs> Add on that percent, and then maybe try to, you know, if you can, talk to other people who are in your area. A yes. lot of people who work independently you know, are very open in talking to each other about the work they do, especially if they're not competitive. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm a writer and you're a designer, we can chat about things like pricing. And I know what other designers and writers probably charge because I work with them and I could give you advice and maybe you could give me some advice. Um, You know, trying to figure out maybe kind of what the going rate is. But at the end of the day, it's what you said, too. You just have to you know, suck it up and just ask for that number Mm -hmm. that you think is the right number. And honestly... If anything, you're probably low. I think most <laughs> creatives I would agree. go too low. Yeah. So if you're afraid of it, it's probably still okay because it's probably low. Yeah. And also too, you're not a, you can never go back up when you're bidding something, but if you go high and you come back down, um, you will probably still have the job, you know, if you, especially if that person thinks like they're getting some sort of deal or something or you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, work out an hourly rate that works for their budget. Um, but it's, I've never seen a case ever where you go in low and then they say yeah it's not enough i'm gonna pay you more <laughs> no. <laughs> no so make sure you, get, you make sure you get that up front and it it, it is a, does make you a little squeamish i'm not gonna not gonna lie to you even when we were in, in business too you know just trying to figure out um you know what the proper markup would be mm-hmm. because we really kind of were unsure and i think that's how we actually kind of figured it out was just what other people were charging what was comfortable with us and what would cover our expenses. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And ultimately, you know, you are running a business and you have to cover your expenses. And if that client can't afford what you need to charge, then you can't afford to do their job. I mean, honestly, you can't afford to do their project because it does not pay enough for you to, you know, cover the expense of doing it. Exactly. Or to dedicate your time to it. Because if you're working on something that's, you know, kind of a a low price point, then some of this big job comes in, guess what you're working on? You know, and you don't want to, have your other customer, you know, go unattended. So you have to kind of plow through that to get to the next one. And you, and you do get better at that too. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, just speaking a little bit too about um, like even salary employees too. I mean, that's a little more tricky just because people don't typically talk about what their salaries are, but there are resources online that you can look up to find out what a particular job pays in your region in, you know, by title, and at least give you some sort of a ballpark of where your pay rate should be. Yeah, absolutely. With you know, the magic of the internet, there's mm-hmm. there's quite a few different salary survey kind of sites and tools out there. And a lot of them are, you, like you said, really sophisticated. So you can narrow down to like your region because obviously pays probably a little higher like on the coast although not as much higher as you would think right. not as much higher as the cost to live living is mm-hmm, <laughs> the pay mm-hmm. rates are not equivalent um but you know you can sort of narrow it down to the location where you are and, and kind of get a feel for it it's going to be a range and you have to sort of take it with some insight but it's you know s- some information which is better than none <laughs> well and it's also really handy too just because if you are say in the midwest and you want to go to one of the coasts i mean the cost of living is hugely different and you want to make sure that you are not giving up your style of living in order to take a job bearing in mind that you're not going to if you live in a three-bedroom apartment here more than likely no matter what you're not going to get a three-bedroom par- apartment in new york but you will get a, at least a bedroom with a door <laughs> So at least make sure you're covered for that. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, it, it's it swings pretty wildly, and it's 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 really good that before you accept an offer, especially if you're changing regions of the country, to look some of that up because you also might make out pretty well too. There are areas of the country that might be less, and you'll suddenly you've hit the jackpot. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's actually I think what is attracting some people to you know, more, some of the more Midwestern cities is mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot more affordable right. and you can have a great quality of life for the salary that you're maybe that you're making, you know, in California or wherever you are, you can t- have that same salary or very similar, but it, the money spends a lot further. <laughs> <you> <laughs> exactly. <know? laughs> exactly. So I, I guess uh, we should probably also kind of cover too a little bit on how you go in and ask for this sort of money too. Um, and I can speak from it at, you know, from a freelance standpoint, because I have a quite a number of years where I would have to do it. And, um, essentially what I did is, you know, I had to kind of put my money where my mouth was, you know, if I charged and also, you know, just the discipline, as, as we said before, we're going to kind of beat the dead horse here by saying, just sticking to your guns with what you think you're worth. And once you start getting a little pattern of what people are willing to pay, that also makes it a lot easier too. Like if I go to an advertising agency and I'm going to offer my hours at $65 an hour, chances are every other agency in town is going to pay this amount for my level of service. Um, so that'll start set, setting the cadence pretty easy, or easily and quickly too. And then um, if you are um, doing projects, you know, I would always just ask, you know, what's your budget? And then at least gives you a good price range of where you should start. And I mean, a lot of cases, I probably could have asked for a little more, but usually <laughs> when you're wanting work, I'll, I'll tell you when you're freelancing, you got nothing going on at the time. You're like, well, what's your budget? 2000? I'll take it. You know, and it's, it, and I would just make it work. But, you know, if you have uh, more capabilities or say, well, how about if I, you know, um, set these up to be electronic files to be completely ready, can I get 3000 Or, um, if I provide you with, you know, all the fonts or all the art or whatever, you can piecemeal some of this out to kind of, I don't want to say drive your price up, but to add a little more value to what you're offering. Um, but yeah, usually a cadence gets set pretty easily. And once you're, you know, you're at a certain level, you know, don't be afraid to knock yourself up to the next level too. If the, the job changes or the responsibility changes, I mean, most of my um, time was in, um, design work and, um, a lot of page layout and things like that. And I knew what the price was for that. But if I went into like illustration or if I went to anything that was a little more advanced, then I would charge more too. I mean, you're kind of your own ad shop, so you can kind of pick and choose your pricing however you want. Yeah, and also I think the the more experience you have with something and the more you can show those samples, the more you can, you know, have the have the confidence to ask for a little more. Like you said, if say right. you were doing a lot of graphic design and then you wanted to do more illustration, you get those first couple projects for whatever is mm-hmm. reasonable. Yeah, we'll, we'll and then you can show here. that. <laughs> and then and then you can show that and, and ask for more on the mm-hmm. third or fourth project. You know, now you have some more things in your arsenal and you know samples in your portfolio. So I think sometimes it's just start somewhere. Right. You know, start with something. It has to be right. reasonable. But start with something reasonable and build up that work and that confidence yes. so that you can keep, you know, increasing on the next one and the next one. Right. And I, I think eventually you start getting to work with um, companies that more rec- are really recognizable, too. And that starts adding a little bit of cash value to your um, to your work as well. That if you worked for, you know, you're doing magazine mm-hmm. or, or newspaper layouts for Target. I mean, that's a name that everybody has heard of. And they're going to say, well, if you did a great job for them, you're going to do a great job for me. So it's always about what have you done first and what have you done for me lately that <laughs> always kind of falls in there as far as what you can ask as far as what you're worth. 
Yeah. And so I know people are probably tired of us saying this already, but, you know, research is just such a big part of it. It really is. Just knowing, knowing what you're talking about, not just sort of winging it, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. you know, doing that research. And some of that research is looking at yourself, you know, what am I making? What are my expenses? What did I charge last time Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. on a similar project? And then some of it is obviously, you know, talking to people or looking at some of some of those websites and so on. I always like to look at three or four and then I throw out the outlier. So if you look at three or four, one is like really high or really low compared to the rest. I think, well, there's something weird about that. Yeah. Get rid of that one. And then somewhere in the in the range or the average of what's left is probably about right. Yeah. You know, um, I would agree. And and sort of the same thing with, um, you know, if you talk to a few freelancers or if you can, you know, look at a few project budgets or whatever, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. starts to be, it starts to become obvious about what the right market rate is. Yes. You know, you can, you can start to see it's, yes. it's in a range and then you have to pick somewhere in that range and, and you'll be fine. Yeah. But you just don't want to be so, you know, out of it either way. So I have had, this is um, not as much on design projects, but I've had other business owners share stories with me of, not getting a project or a, you know, something they bid on because they were so low mm-hmm. that the client didn't think they could do it. Yeah. And like, that's heartbreaking. It you know, is. You clearly like, I would have taken more money. <laughs> you clearly had the best price. You were uh. way lower than everyone else. You know, you could do the work. Yeah, they certainly could have paid you more. Mm-hmm. You know, actually a friend of mine, someone on the board, I can't remember the situation, but someone like one of the board members pulled them aside and said, you need to add a zero mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow! because everyone thinks it's too low and they don't think you can do it. And I know your business. I know you can, but mm-hmm. you're not going to get it. You need to add a zero to yeah. your quote. And so there's always something of that to keep in mind, too. Don't be so low that it seems that you're not an expert desperate you know? or you're not qualified or something like that. So I think people are always worried about asking for too much, which is, the, you know, right. the other extreme that you could go that way, too. Um but yeah, sometimes asking for not enough actually scares people too. And you know what happens sometimes too if they take that money and say, "All right, let's do it." Um, if you want to start charging what you really think you're worth later, forget about it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you can't set your price. Triple your price, you know, yeah. for the next project. So if you think I'm going to go low, so I get the project, then they'll give me another one. Mm-hmm. You're you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit on yeah. that too. Yep. You've established a precedent. It's hard to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could go up a small percent, but you're you never going to you yeah. know, double it or something. Exactly. <laughs> Especially if it's a similar project that it's very blatant. And sometimes it's you know talking again about um, just salary stuff too, it's a lot of the same formula too. You know, do your research, you know, don't go too crazy. Don't ask for too little. Don't ask for too much. Um, So it is a little bit about a a comfort formula, but if you go in knowing that this area pays this much for an art director, you at least have something to back you up and you're not, like you said, just kind of winging it as you go in. I'll work for that. Or, you know, I would never work for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you kind of, you come off as being very professional and very sure about what you're, what you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us at Illumination Bureau. We hope that you have gained something by listening today. Illumination Bureau was brought to you by Portfolio Creative. You can find out more about Portfolio Creative at PortfolioCreative.com. If you have a topic that you'd like to hear about, please send us an email at questions at portfoliocreative.com. Please subscribe to our podcast and join us next time for more creative tips. <laughs>